ladies and gentlemen, hear them pour. It's the Beer Geeks Radio Hour on WYLK. Ah, we're back here on a lovely Sunday, drinking some good beers and, uh, Four out of us in the studio. We went on a lovely trip yesterday out to pick up all this wonderful beer and chat with the brewery owner we're going to be talking to in a little bit. Uh, so this week we have on the show Kane Brewing Company from Ocean, New Jersey. We're going to have owner Michael Kane giving us a call a little bit and working through everything with their brewery. Really great. I even hesitate to even say up and coming because they've kind of, they've arrived, I guess we'll say. They're, they're still building out their distribution and getting their name out there, but up and coming to me seems like they're a little beyond that part. Oh, yeah. So, uh, but no, they have some really great beers. And if you remember... We had them on in our old home, uh, but the show kind of, you know, just kind of fell apart that that week. <laughs> Went off the rails <laughs> yeah, a little? That was, that was a rough one because we had issues with the phone over there constantly and, and all this fun stuff. But we are on our new home, and uh, this is going to be a really good one. We have some phenomenal, phenomenal beers from them. And we got to actually take a look at the brewery last week. And while we were out there, we stopped over Carton Brewing. I uh, remember we had them on a few months ago. And another really great brewery. So just really cool to see what's going on out in New Jersey. A really growing area for the craft beer scene. You know, as many, some have looked at it as, uh, you know, how did you put it, Matt? The fanny pack of Pennsylvania? Yeah. I just want no, to make you say that. Yeah, No, Jersey is blown up, man. I, yeah. it's, it's one of those things where it's like weird because there hasn't been... There's more less breweries there than per capita, I guess, than a lot of other states. Yeah. And it's and it's a sandwich between Philly and New England. You figured, you know, there's a bunch of uh, huge beer drinkers there. You figured there'd be more breweries. So more and more are opening, and it's becoming just a pretty a hotbed for awesome breweries. Yeah, and you can see that just with the, the quality that's coming out of it, too. It's not just so much that... Because you have some areas that are blowing up, and they're getting a lot of breweries, which is great. But that's not always the best thing, because it's not always the best breweries. It's just a lot of breweries. Yeah, quantity which, over quality. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, this is definitely something that maybe they don't have the largest amount, but they have really high quality ones. And uh, we've already kind of started cracking into some. Uh, we have right now in our glass, we have their new Hop Lab, which is one. It's kind of like their experimental series they do with different uh, hops that they get in. This is uh, an Azaka. Is it a pale? That's what I'm trying to see. I don't remember what the base was. I think it was a pale ale. Um, but it was, it's really good. It's a really interesting hop. I, you know, that's definitely something I want to get on in the future, too, as a hop grower to be able to kind of work through all the crazy hops that are coming out with all these new flavors and from different areas of the world and everything. Yeah, I was it's, really excited to give it. Sorry, Bill, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, it, it, this is a Pan-Asia hop, I believe, or is it from? I'm pretty sure. It's uh, New Zealand. I could be wrong, but I, 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 I'm really excited to get into it because uh, one of my friends brews with it all the time, and he's a big fan of it, and I haven't had it yet. So I was really excited to give it a whirl, and uh, it does not suck. No, it's got this really, <laughs> really awesome, like, the, the fruit flavors that come through on That's what's cool, because, you know, a lot of hops, like we know, are being very citrus, and that's kind of, uh, you know, people look for citrus bombs for a lot of IPAs and stuff, but it's interesting when you get these other hops that have citrus flavors, but they're not the standard grapefruit. It has mm-hmm. all these other wonderful things coming in with tropical fruits and... Stone it, fruits and the whole yeah, thing. And yeah, you, and it really has this nice balance that you don't get out of some of these other hops that are just pure grapefruit flavor. And I forget, I, I forget the ABV on this, but I'm pretty sure this is in the fives. Yeah, it was five two. Yeah, it, five two. It, it drinks yeah. like an eight or nine percent beer. Yeah. You know definitely. what I mean? Like this is definitely, and, and this is one too. If you are a fan of that New England hazy IPA craze that's going on, that you'll die for this one. This is just phenomenal. Yeah, it's, and, and I was uh, talking about this last night. It almost seems like um, 
you get a lot more of like that kind of oniony kind of dankness out of like these beers, and it seems like this becoming a calling card for almost the tri-state area because we've had beers from up New, um, New York, like Russian Duck stuff like that, and stuff mm. from PA, like Shape Hops come stuff like that. It's like almost becoming like a tri-state kind of calling card instead of being super juicy and tropical sweet. It's a little bit more like not, a day. And I will say, not over oniony because I am very sensitive. Yeah, I know you're sensitive. <laughs> so yeah. I, I can attest if you were kind of like, oh, uh, you'll be good. Uh, before we go any further, let me get in a little bit of beer news. There's not a huge amount going on this week, but there was an interesting, uh, there's a lawsuit going on now. I, I don't think it's going to be drug out and last very long, but Brooklyn is actually suing. There's a brewery trying to open out in California. Uh, they're calling themselves Black Ops Brewing. Uh, the issue is Brooklyn has a trademark name, Black Ops, as far as in the beer world, because they have a beer named Black Ops, if you're familiar with. It's a really sought-after beer from them, but they trademarked that a few years ago, and they kind of have uh, gave them a cease and desist already, and they're, they're just kind of working through. So it's one of those things, unfortunately, you're going to start to see, and it's not even that there's ill intention or anything. You're just going to start to see that because there's only so many words in the English language, and as you're going through and all these breweries are opening and beers are coming out and you're trademarking the beer names, and we've talked about that before, that that's really how all these breweries protect themselves. So that's where you're going to start to see more of this, unfortunately, that's really, you know, if you want to get in on this game, don't open up a brewery. Get into being a lawyer within the beer industry. And you're well, we were be- talking about that yesterday, yeah. but yeah. all I think they should do is just add another O, so to be bl- like black oops. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like oops. Yeah, that might work, but it's it's it's, it's funny because it, I'm sure Brooklyn wasn't like, yeah, man, awesome, let's yeah. go after somebody. At the same time, I mean, Brooklyn's big enough to where they should have. I mean, Black Ops isn't like a, a small beer that people don't know about. Yeah. Even on the West Coast. That's so. what, most of these things, that's what's unfortunate with most of them. And, you know, I don't want to slight anybody, but you could really avoid the pain of this by just by doing a Google, Google search. search. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's it. That's all you got to do. Just five minutes of your time and you'll avoid all this crap instead of like, ah, no, I'm good. I'm, you know who I am. Like, that's why you feel like you get on their head. And it's like, no, it doesn't work that way, buddy, at all. Uh, so we'll see what ends up happening. And Sweetwater Brewing from uh, Atlanta, Georgia, they have announced that they are going to go ahead with plans to open up a second brewery out west. So now we have seen that trend of West Coast breweries moving East Coast, opening up a second brewery. So now we have our first East Coast looking out west to open up a second brewery. So we're starting to battle back. Take this. <laughs> Take that. We're going to be going and see where that goes. But they, they just got into this. They, they're still looking. They don't even know where they're going to put it. But they're looking forward, and they've made that announcement that they are going to be going ahead with that plan. So it'll be really interesting to see what winds up happening when that goes on. Cause, I mean, they're another growing brewery and. I'm sure it's just going to continue to take off for them. All right, so we're getting to some new beers. Now, this is well, the first one. George and I actually got to try this week from Sam Adams. Uh, you know they have their Rebel IPA, and we've talked before about their, oh, I don't remember the name of it now, the the double one that, that's like a hazy New England. Oh, the grapefruit? No, 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 no. They have a new, there's there's one that the fresh one that's coming out. Oh, the one that's going to be like 30 uh, days, and that, that's yeah. it. Yeah, that they're putting it, I don't remember the name now. But we had, this week they had, they announced uh, the Rebel Grapefruit IPA, and George and I tried that this week, and it was phenomenal. Really good. It has like grapefruit juice and grapefruit peel in it. Really dry, bitter. If you are that fan of that, you know, grapefruit heavy IPA. Did they have that in Boston when you were there? <laughs> <laughs> No. <laughs> no, they had it in Scotland. Sorry. <laughs> they have that in one of the other regions I travel. <laughs> but, uh, no, it's like a really, really good one. It's going to be on draft only. And then next year, I guess they're going to plan on bottling that one. So, And then uh, Founders announced this week they're having their Project Pam, which is part of their backstage series. It's a black IPA that's aged in maple syrup bourbon barrels. So that'll be... Uh, uh, you know, anytime, anytime Founders messes around with, uh, you know, those maple syrup kind of bourbon barrel things, it just always comes out fantastic. Whether it's yeah. Sweet Repute or CBS, 
they're just so fantastic. So, I mean, the black IPA thing. That's and, exactly right. I mean, a bourbon like, barrel yeah. with maple syrup. Eh, we'll I, we'll I come see, from the Super Troopers, like, yeah, you know, just philosophy yeah. of maple syrup. Like, I just can chug it. Like, yeah. <laughs> when we have one, we have a maple syrup beer today, baby. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so I mean, that, it'll be interesting to see. And then uh, Rogue announced they have another one in their Voodoo Donut line, their Mango Astronaut Ale. Uh, it, it, at, at best, I'll put it this way: the, the Voodoo Donut line has been very mixed yeah. uh, with people. I'm not really. Uh, I'm really particular about how I, I like my uh, astronauts to taste. <laughs> Are they dry hopping it with astronauts or? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that was another announcement. I, I guess they have one called Mango Tango, I think is the donut that's going to be you know going after as far as Voodoo Donut. If you're familiar, it's a donut shop out in Portland. Um, Hipster Central, we've gone over that one before. But anyway, um, <laughs> but they, they have like a bunch of really interesting donuts and, and Rogue's been collaborating with them and doing a few beers over the years. I think some of them would be good for like cooking. Like if you wanted to like yeah. infuse a beer into cooking, then maybe you could like use that for like a dessert or something. Yeah, or, I think it's it's been very mixed, even like at the reviews and you hear people, like some people absolutely loved one and then the same people hated the next one. Like it's really a love or hate, every single one of them. Yeah, it's it does come off a little trying too hard sometimes to be a little bit unique, but at the yeah. same time, I've actually enjoyed a couple of them, so yeah. sometimes they hit, sometimes they miss, such as life. Yeah, I mean, it'll Strikes be interesting, <laughs> and, and Rogue just keeps going, you know, they're one of the uh, legend brands, I guess, in the craft beer industry, we'll say that they've been around for a long time, so, you know, it's great to see as the breweries grow, like, you know, Sam Adams, these other breweries continue to grow, and they've been around for all this time, they're still experimenting, they're still getting out there, they're still trying new things, and it's helping them continue to stay relevant, because that's, you know, with anything, you can come and become a dinosaur after a while. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's my, that's my perspective. <laughs> that's my two cents. Uh, yeah. All right, let me, let me get this one. We'll get a... Uh, Let's get into another one before we get everything going. We have, uh, this is an older one from Kane. Wow, this ca- this is happening yesterday, too. I was trying to open the cage. It's really tight. And you need, like, uh, a set of pliers to get these things off. But uh, This is well, this is their seat change, right? Yeah. Uh, Brett, watch that sucker. Oh, Make yeah. it blow up in there. But yeah, it's, it's what is it, 4.4%. 4. 4%. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a really, I've never had this one before, so I'm super interested, excited to give it a whirl. Um, yeah, this is one I never had before. So it'd be, what style is it? It's a pale ale, but it's 100% Brett. Oh, it's Brett. So it's, it's a total Brett beer, which is one thing that's like, you know, when we were talking to Michael yesterday that they're interested in getting more going with all those things. So it's just interesting to see that. Um, but, oh, wow, the aroma, you just even on the cork, <laughs> I just took a whiff of the cork. But super clear. And it's nice at 4.4%. Like, that's what I love when you get, like, a really nice, uh, sessionable, light beer that has a lot of flavors. And um, that's what this is going to have, like having all those things going on like at 4.4%. It's great to be able to see a lot of flavors packed into that it's one. It's like super bright. Yeah. You know, especially compared to the Osaka where it was almost like a, um, it was almost like a Belgium wit beer, like the, the color of this. Brett um, actually is a, a lot of big misconceptions of Brett. A lot of people look at Brett and they go, hey. There is, uh, you know, it's just funkiness. That's all there is. You're just going to get a barnyard. You're going to get a horse blanket. That's all you're going to get from Brett. But that's not the case. Do you know what I mean? Like, you do get uh, all kinds. You can get citrus notes from Brett. You can get all kinds of different, like, flavors and stuff like that. So, do you know what I mean? Like, to to go into it blanket thinking that all you're going to get is 
that kind of hay, wet hay. Yeah, yeah. It's not true. You know what I mean? You can get any spiciness. You can get any citrus, depending on the, the strain of bread, how you deal with it at temperature and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, sometimes it could be like, you know, like you said, that that, that funkiness. There's there's minimal funkiness that's going on with this. This is this is absolutely fantastic. Oh, it's delicious. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's interesting, like, when you get those flavors. And, and the other thing that's cool with Brett beers is you can age them for a long, mm-hmm. long time, like, as opposed to anything else that's even bottle conditioned. You see those beers, like, Brett will go for a long time, and it's actually much more tolerant, too, when it comes to temperature changes. And I wonder if this is, like, a little homage to maybe, like, Orville, which is, like, a pale ale that's, yeah. like, bottle conditioned with Brett, you know? Yeah. So. No, I mean, it definitely. I mean, that's it, it, it's some vibes there. It's a, little, it's a lot more impactful, a bit brighter. Yeah. There's a lot of more citrus in this. Yeah. Um, it's a little bit kind of like um, tarty, kind of tannicky, kind of citrus, um, but it's 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 really cool. And that's the thing, like you said with Brett. I mean, you can let it go, and it can yeah. be a totally different beer in four five years. Yeah, and that's and it's also I mean, at four point four percent. This is like I said, a session beer that you get all these flavors out of. Yeah. It's awesome to have that because most times the session beers, it's like very light, crisp, which is nice, but you know you can't go too deep in the flavors. Yeah. That's what's nice having that Brett in the background. It really adds this flavor depth that you don't usually have. All right, so we're going to take a break, and then when we get back, we are going to be joined on the phone by owner of Kane Brewing, Mr. Michael Kane. We're going to work I had through. English accent. <laughs> you can work on it. <laughs> so when we get back, we'll be talking to Michael Kane, owner of Kane Brewing Company. So stay tuned here on WLK with the Beer Geeks. I'm Steve Sidkowski, a former Wall Street insider. I'm holding a book that will show you investing strategies which could help you earn the kind of money you've always dreamed about. And right now I'm giving this book away for free. So who needs to read it? If you're in the middle of your career and worry you'll never have enough money to retire, you need to read this book. If you're already retired and your income isn't enough, you need to read this book. And if you don't want to be selling burgers at 80, you need to read this free book. It includes the strategy I use to make a 72% profit on a trade where the stock only moved 12%. You'll need at least a million dollars to ever fully retire. If you're behind on that goal, you really need to read Trade Like the Pros. And you can for free by calling 1-800-700-2114. Skeptical that it will deliver results? It's a free book, so what do you have to lose? Find out how at 1-800-700-2114. 1-800-700-2114. The statements and views of this advertiser do not represent the views or opinions of this station. Science on life after death experiences. God said, man said dot com. Dragon swallow evolution. Slam Satan's secret door. God said, man said dot com. God on the power of going to church. Saints prepare for departure. Archaeology certifies Bible. Miracles and all. Hours of text and audio. God said, man said dot com. This is an announcement for all people who want to take a risk free challenge to whiten their teeth in five minutes. Using clinically proven power swabs. This risk-free challenge is for people whose smile has been yellowed by coffee, tea, or smoking. It's so effective, we challenge you to try it for five minutes to see how white your smile could be. If lines are busy, try again. Dial 1-800-973-6563. That's 1-800-973-6563. 1-800-973-6563. Drums. <laughs> yeah, that's my uh, impersonation of a drum machine right there. <laughs> that's a terrible drum machine. Oh, how dare you? Eh. You know what? I'm done. 
We're out. <laughs> Wrap it up. All right. So we're, we are back here, and we're still cracking through some uh, phenomenal beers from Cane Brewing. And uh, joining us on the phone now is the wonderful owner of Cane Brewing, Mr. Michael Kane. Michael, how are you doing this morning, bud? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Oh, uh, we're great. We are now getting to drink all those great beers, so it's a good day. <laughs> oh, good. Well, thanks for having me. I uh, appreciate that. Hey, not a problem. So, Michael, going back a little bit as we're working through this, so when did the brewery first open? Uh, we opened late 2011, so we just this fall celebrated our fourth anniversary. So what was it you know, that made you want to get into brewing? Because that's not your original background. It's not. I was. Um, I started home brewing in college, um, and like most people, it was, you know, first batch, I was sort of hooked, and it's something I wanted to, to do, and uh, realized at the age I was at, you know, 20, 21, graduated from college, didn't have any money or any experience, you know, running a business or, or doing anything, so I sort of kept kept that in the, the sort of back burner and got, you know, a real job, as people would say, and I worked in finance for a while, but um, what originally got me into it was just, I, I spent some time in Europe in college, drinking better beers, and traveled through England and Belgium, and um, spent my college years in New England, and at that time, you know, mid-late 90s was when a lot of the bigger breweries now in, in New England and Vermont were just getting started, you know, the, mm-hmm. the Long Trails and Magic Hats, and we just spent a lot of time traveling up there and visiting them when we were, uh, when they were first getting started, and so sort of started in college, it was just like a long-term plan, and I uh, figured, let me, you know, raise, you know, get a little bit of work experience and raise some money and keep homebrewing on the side and traveling to breweries and figure one day I would, you know, leave my job and get things started. So when when you first got into homebrewing, then was it basically you were trying to replicate the beers that you had over there? Then it was yeah. The first it was interesting. The first uh, homebrew I did was an extract German wheat beer. I had you know just got back from some time in Europe and um, some time in Germany, and the, and the wheat beer I, was, I thought was really interesting. It wasn't like anything I drank and mm-hmm. over here. And of course, you know, I hadn't. You know, I was twenty nineteen, twenty years old, so I hadn't really drank any better beer at that point, but. That was the stuff I started drinking or started brewing was um, English pale ale. I spent some time in England, um, some high gravity Belgian style beers, some Trappist you know, style beers, and and the German stuff. And then it sort of migrated as I spent more time looking into what the American craft scene was doing. You know, like I said, up in up in Vermont and down in you know, like Brooklyn, where you know, I was in New York, Brooklyn Brewery had been around for a little while. What they were doing, and so it sort of migrated from that English, uh, you know, I said European. Um, type styles of beer to more of what was going on in, in America. So when it came time and you really made the, the decision to, to jump into this head-on, like what made you wind up choosing New Jersey? Because that's not really been known as being a uh, hub for craft beer, I guess we'll say, until recently. No, and that was, you know, that was one of the reasons why I was I'm originally born, born and raised in New Jersey. Um, I went to high school, um, only, you know, left to go to college, and then I was, I was living in New York City for about 10 years working, but uh, I wanted to, to move back, live near the you know when I when I left the city for good, I knew I wanted to live near the beach, live on the coast of New Jersey. And I, I sort of had traveled a lot between work and you know other other reasons, you know vacations and, and stuff, and mm. been to a lot of places and realized I really like New Jersey. I really love living on the coast here. So there was some place I wanted to live, I wanted to work, where I wanted to live, and like you said, New Jersey at the time was sort of. Uh, a little bit behind the craft beer scene, so I was hoping to bring some of the stuff I had seen in different places, you know, here in New Jersey, and sort of help, you know, continue yeah. to grow what had been started in like the mid '90s by people like you know Ramstein and Flying Fish and River Horse and those guys. So when you started getting everything going, what were kind of like the initial beers like you were focusing on? Did you have like an initial thought of styles that you wanted to do, or was it kind of just you were looking to to brew the beers that you enjoyed, basically? 
Yeah, it was. I mean, it was, it was a little mix of that. I mean, we were looking at brew the beers we enjoyed, um, but it was it was sort of in two two sort of thought. Uh, I had enjoyed a lot of. I guess at some time in Europe, I'd really grown to like the, um, you know, Trappist style, Belgian style, you know, beers. A lot of influence came, you know, on the, the American side, the Allagashes, the Omegangs here on the East Coast. And then I'd spent a fair amount of time working on the West Coast. And I'd really gotten into, like a lot of people, the, um, you know, West Coast style IPAs, hoppier beers. And, you know, Vermont obviously has done a tremendous job with some of the, the hoppy beers. And so, those are the beers I was brewing. Those are the beers I was drinking, and that's basically when we opened the, the process. Was let's brew what we always say, you know, Belgian influenced and you know, hoppy American style beers are the two things we focus on. So has that evolved then from the initial plan? Like when you first started getting going and having that, is it kind of evolved then over time in that four year span you guys have been going? I think it, it has a little bit. I mean, we've added, we've done some other stuff as you, you know, we've become more interested in other things as we've continue to grow we've, you know the barrel aging program is we, we we sort of hit the ground running on that one our, our fourth beer we did was a you know big barrel aged imperial stout we've you know had up to you know up to two or three hundred different different kinds of barrels here at the brewery and so that was a big part of what we did that sort of falls outside of that initial plan and you know we've we've experimented with other you know some some lagers some small batch lagers and we've done some you know really small batch sour bread experiment stuff but you know, at the most part, 80, I'd say somewhere between 60 to 80% of what we sell is, you know, IPA styles, IPAs, double IPAs, pale ales, that sort of category. And that was the one thing that was really impressive, too, when we were down at the brewery, was just seeing all the barrels and everything. Now, was that when you first started, you were right off the bat, like you knew you wanted to get into barrel aging, or was that kind of someone, you know, maybe said, hey, you want a barrel or something? And you thought, oh, why not? No, that was something we really wanted to get into. I, I enjoy drinking barrel-aged beers. Um, as a home brewer, I did a lot of, um, I got some you know small five or ten gallon barrel, you know, we used whiskey, bur- you know, bourbon barrels. Um, you know, we, I did a lot of like soaking oak chips and, you know, wooden spirals and, and things like that to sort of replicate that on a smaller level. So that was something I was always interested in. And, and like I said, the, the fourth thing we did was get, I think, 40 bourbon barrels. I think it's the wild turkey or four roses or something. I can't remember right now, but got those and started filling those up right away because we knew it would take a while for those to age and we didn't really sure how they were going to age. We had to dump them and how they turn out. And so we really wanted to get started with that quickly. So we had some, you know, a year, year and a half into something that we could start releasing. Wow. Oh, it's it's just like a challenge unto itself. Uh, we've had a few people on with, when we got into barrel aging that 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 knowledge of of going through working with the barrels. Now, you talk to other <laughs> brewers, okay? And then when you open up the brewery, and when you originally open, you spit the words out. Oh, I'm going to open a brewery, and I'm going to start off with Solera Method Quad as a kind of anniversary beer. What what did people say to you when you said, Yeah, I'm going to start doing that right off the bat? Um, you know, I, I think it was more what, you know, when we released it, what did people think of it? And I think that was, you know, it was a little bit of, um, what I, you know, before we opened it and people would say to me, you know, why are you opening New Jersey? The laws are a little restrictive. It's not a great beer scene. And, you know, my answer to that was, I always thought the consumers were really educated in New Jersey. There just wasn't a great, you know, it was a growing but slow growing culture of breweries and beer bars. And, but there was the demand there and then the knowledge base was there. And so, that was part of what we wanted to do with doing these sort of sort of complicated blended quad beers and early on to 
get that help get that educated education out there too, like the barners and liquor stores, and sort of bring them along to where sort of the customer base we thought the customer base was, and and continue to bring new people into New Jersey who weren't familiar with this stuff. But it, you know, it's it, it's been you know it's a challenging way to start when you're trying to manage all these different things. Uh, we've from day one self distributed. You know, we brewed everything on site here. We've got the retail component, um, so it's it's adding the barrel aging component to it. It's it's been um, you know, a lot of work. Obviously, we we love we have a great time, but it's it's a lot to take on your first year when you start doing that sort of stuff. And 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 have you seen that drastic change? Because uh, growing up in Jersey and going there a lot, it's actually been always been a really great place f- for bottle shops. But right. there's never been like the. Uh, beer bars or or uh, breweries do you see that now that change kind of flipping the script because as of even you know several years ago it was just bottle shops and that was pretty much it yeah i you know i even the four years we've been open i think the the scene is totally different i mean there's been some, some drastic law changes that benefit breweries and brew pubs and i think that helped push a lot of people into the industry to sort of get them off the ground because the, the business model was more attainable um but even from our perspective is selling to bars and restaurants they've um, come along a long way especially on the drafts at least that the bottle shops have always been um, pretty well stocked someone told me why not it's one of the, the correct statistic but there's more breweries beer brought into this state than any other state in the country and I don't know if that's true or not anymore but at one point that's what they are telling me so that's just that there's always a customer base for it mm-hmm. now it's just we're seeing the bars and the restaurants really getting into carrying local craft small breweries and that's that's a big difference from when we went out four years ago and we're sort of hand-selling our beer to, yeah. to local bars or restaurants who didn't quite sort of understand the scene and what we were trying to do. Yeah, and, and the one thing, too, I wanted you to touch on a little bit, because we talked about it yesterday, uh, and you've, you've touched on it twice already, is the change in laws, because that really was a huge benefit for you that you didn't even know was coming. Um, for those who might not be familiar, could you just kind of touch on that a little bit? Uh, because, you know, beer laws are always <laughs> a fun topic of conversation. <laughs> yeah, it's... <laughs> And you know, quickly for, from a pr- production brewery standpoint, which is what we are. There's two licenses in New Jersey: there's the production, and then there's the brew pub license. When we opened, we were not allowed. The, the main point of the law: we were not allowed to sell beer for on-site consumption. So we were limited to people would come to the brewery, they would be able to sample four four-ounce beers for free after they took a tour, and they could leave with up to a 12-pack of beer or 144 ounces, depending on whatever you know size vessel you were selling it in growlers or 750s. Once the law changed, we were then allowed to continue to give a tour. Once someone had a tour, they could then sample beer on site. We were able to charge for them and sell pint glasses or small small glasses. We could sell them up to a keg to leave. So you know we weren't limited by a 12-pack. They could take a case or a keg or whatever. So that sort of freed up the retail side, which obviously is... Uh, more profitable than the wholesale business, which has really allowed us to, you know, fund our, our growth um, on that side. So now, once you wound up having that change, like, did that affect you as far as your bottling? Like, when did you wind up? Because I know initially you were doing draft-only accounts. Like, when did you make the decision that you're going to start packaging your beer? Yeah, we, we did our first, I think we did two or three releases before the law changed. And for us, it was, we, we were a draft-only, the plan was to be draft-only for about five years. And, um, the reason for that was just because you know, the state where it was, us being a new brewery, we didn't want to package early on. We knew we'd be doing a lot of beers that need to be drank and fresh. We didn't want to have them sitting in liquor store shelves, and by the time people bought them, they would be stale and you know, out of code and not very good. So we 
decided we would stay draft only until we could build enough awareness to sort of move bottles if we wanted to do, go, go that route. Um, the one thing we did do early on, especially knowing we'd be doing a lot of barrel-aged products that aged well, was that we wanted to do beers that only beers that aged well in 750. So we did those, and we sold. In the beginning, we sold them here and at the liquor stores because we were limited by that law restriction where we could only sell you know, a couple bottles per, per person. Now, was was that also something, I mean, considering when you started putting it out, there was some information out there, but as far as informing maybe people that were buying it about aging the beer, that it was going to be okay past, you know, certain time periods? Because some people still, I think, don't quite grasp the idea that you can age a beer. Yeah, and that was, you know, that's where, you know, the, the tasting room and the brewery experience is really good because you get people in here. You can explain to them the different beers and, and what, you know, this beer needs to be fresh, this needs to be aged, this is why this is a bottle, this is why we do this in the draft. You know, and you can really get them to understand the different style of beers and where we're coming from and what we're doing. And that's um, been helpful, you know, especially now that we sell all of our bottle products here at the brewery. Um, everyone that buys them has to come here and sort of explain the differences between, you know, what a growler fill is versus what a, you know, prepackaged bottle is versus a, you know, barrel-aged product will last a little longer and that kind of stuff. So yeah. that's that's been really helpful with the educational side. So now, with, with the size of the brew, like, what, what is the size of your brew house now that you're brewing with? We've got a 20-barrel, uh, 20-barrel system. It's a wow. two-vessel um, DME system we've had from day one. Wow, and that's, it's impressive to see when someone's, like, putting out, I mean, the volume that you guys are doing, too, just with the variety. And you guys are expanding soon, right? We were talking about that, right? You're um, opening up, are you doubling or tripling? We we just got about another 5,000 square feet of warehouse space next door that luckily sort of opened up for us. Uh, so we, we basically have about 90% of the building we're in now. And uh, we're keeping the same brew house, but we're adding um, a few. We just added some 60-barrel tanks. We've got some eighty, uh, two more 80-barrel fermenters on order that should be here in the spring. Um, and then we're making room for more packaging. So we just started... Uh, in moving to canning for the IPAs, and we're hoping to add a, our own canning line over there. That we have space for that sometime, you know, next year. Yeah, that, that's another thing too. I wanted to kind of touch on. Like, you guys are going to be looking at then getting into getting out there a little bit more out of just being in New Jersey. Then, correct? Once you're able to start packaging more like that, we're, the plan has always been to at some point get to New, you know, New York City, um, you know, the boroughs, and Philadelphia, and that's. You know, sort of all that's on the yeah. on the horizon for us. Now, I don't even know when that's going to happen. We're, you know, we're a New Jersey folks brewery. We sell everything we make in New Jersey, and like you said, because the the, the team was always a little bit behind, we really want to make sure we stay focused on New Jersey. They've, you know, we've been really supportive of us to show it. I love the models. You look at people like New Glarus who just sell everything in, in their home state, and a lot of other breweries sell most of what they make in their home state, and that's sort of what we've been looking at, slow, focused growth, stay close, local, and, you know, we've been lucky enough to continue to grow pretty quickly in our host state, and that's, that's the plan. So we'll see what happens when we release the can, you know, get a constant supply of cans out. We can get our capacity up a little bit and mm-hmm. see see what happens. But, you know, one day I would see us, you know, going to New York and Philly, but that's about all we've got on the on the plate right now. And that's one of the things I, I wanted to touch on, too. You, you, you said t- taking care of your home state. It's probably one of my favorite things that you guys do. Uh, you do do um, quite a few, like, bigger, quote-unquote, releases. And I love the fact that you guys really don't announce them ahead of time. You kind of, like, do it, like, kind of last second. That way you assure your locals and your regulars definitely get get their fill of their beer rather than people kind of traveling from far away and kind of hoarding the stuff. 
Yeah, we do a mix of, you know, with the releases. It's, you know, it's sometimes it's, <laughs> it is nice to, you know, obviously have the local people who are here all the time and buying our beer in the bar support, you know, we want to support them and they, they're, they've been fortunate, we've been fortunate enough to support us and, and some of the bigger releases we give a little bit of announcement on. You know, some of it comes down to just, you know, what, when is something available and when do we sort of have to get it out of the brewery too? Whereas, you know, we got, we did a release a little while ago, sort of a quiet day of release because we were literally bottling it that night, the Friday night before until, you know, nine, 10 o'clock at night. And we don't like to pre-announce things in case say the bottle, it didn't work or we had a problem with packaging and we couldn't get the beer ready and that people are coming and we're not, we don't have the beer. So, you know, if you're in the taster on Friday night, you can see us actually bottling the beer that we were releasing the next day. We just didn't announce until the next morning because that's when it was ready. And so, well, hair, so hair on fire that, stuff. You're just going last yeah. second. Well, let's go, baby. <laughs> some of that stuff, too. So some of it is, you know, planned and, and, you know, thought out. And some of it is just, you know, let's just get it done. And, and when we get it done, let's get it out of here and that that sort of stuff. So it's there's always a lot going on around here. So, so we, we're not get, the best at planning, you know. But let's get into a little bit of beer, and this is actually one that you just recently released. We're having the uh, the four year anniversary, of the fourteen sixty. Now, like it, it's an interesting concept, like how you decided to do your anniversary beers. Like, what was kind of the thinking or inspiration behind you guys doing them the way that you're doing them? Well, we wanted to, you know, we knew they would sort of evolve and change over time. It, it's actually one of my favorite beers we do because if you were to drink, you know, we lined up our first, second, third, and fourth anniversary beer and tried them all before we released the fourth one, and you could sort of see, like you were talking about before what we've learned through barrel aging, what we've learned through the brew house, the brewing and different, you know, Belgian style yeast and how they, how they ferment. And you could see the beers are very similar, but they've definitely sort of evolved over time. And it's, you know, basically been the same recipe with different components. We blended in different barrels. We use, you know, the bourbon or rye, different distilleries. And it's an interesting evolution from where we were to sort of where we are now. And that was the idea in the beginning was let's, create some kind of blend that the first year of some of the stuff we've done that sort of represents where we were after that first year and then pull some of that back and every year continue to blend in, you know, beers from every year so that you could, you know, like I said, it would be a little bit of what we're doing right now sort of blend in with some of the stuff we've done in the past sort of um, to see how we've evolved as a brewery. And so that was the plan. We weren't really sure how it was going to work out, um, but it seems to be seems to be heading in the right direction. So yeah, and we're happy with. It's result. a really neat thing too, as the anniversary, because you're you're basically taking a nod to every year you've been in existence as well. So it's kind right. of this like part of everything you've been through in that time. And you know, I'm getting a little philosophical, I know, but <laughs> <laughs> but but there's like a part of all of that as you're going into these beers, blending it through, which is an interesting process. Like now, do you as you're tasting them? Do you then decide how much you're going to put in each, like percentage-wise, or do you already kind of know each year as we expand out, this is how much is going in each? It's uh, we, you know, we taste and blend into different ratios each okay. year, but it's within the same sort of ballpark each yeah. year. I mean, it's not wildly fluctuating from year, you know, year to year. It's only on three years, but the um, the the rates have stayed sort of consistent each year that we that we've been happy with. Where one beer isn't overpowering the other, and the you know we do want to keep it sort of consistent. And it's a, I love personally big dark barrel aged Belgian style beers. Preach it, brother. And so, <laughs> it, and so it uh, you know the age and it goes back to the fact they age well, um, and it, you know, it's something that will last and evolve over time and change a little bit in the bottle. And so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, we've tried to keep it sort of consistent with the with the blending, so it's not wildly different each year. But you know we do. We do sit down each year and, and pull out the, you know, the, 
the graduated cylinders and, and measure things out and taste different ratios and decide what we think is best. Yeah, well, I can tell you from what we've had, you have a bunch of smiles in the, in the room right now, so everyone's loving this one. Uh, we got to have last year when you were on, and that kind of fell apart on us. But, <laughs> but uh, no, it's, it's absolutely phenomenal. And, Michael, thank you so much for taking time to give us a call, and thanks for letting us stop out yesterday. We all had a blast. Yeah, and, it was and, awesome. And just love what oh, you're doing out there. And, Thanks uh, for coming and enjoy the beers. Oh, not a problem. Thank you. I'm sure we will, and we will definitely be out there to visit you again at some point, too. All right, cool. Thanks, guys. All right. Thanks, brother. Take care. Take care. Cheers. Cheers. So, another great interview with some absolutely incredible beers, and we have more to have, too, which is not a bad thing. Listen, I mean, any and during an event interview, you, you get a person's best. Yeah. You know what I mean? But when you actually go in and visit in person, and there's such an awesome yeah, it you know, makes you environment and welcoming yeah. and everything. You just can't help. Yeah. But uh, love the beer and love the guy. Yeah. And it was uh, just everything I wanted it to be. But uh, no, great beers, too. And we still have some more to work through. And I haven't had these. So, I mean, it's going to be even more enjoyable as uh get to, uh, I was going to say something else. But I get to uh, enjoy <laughs> them for the first time. So, uh, we'll do that when we get back here on WILK with the Beer Geeks. Few things matter more than convenience, especially for seniors. Looking for easier living with all the convenience of downtown? Here are two opportunities for you. Designed for seniors and the disabled, you'll be happy to call home one of these living spaces close to shopping, restaurants, social activity, and places of worship. Washington Square Apartments is a high-rise in the heart of Wilkesbury at 163 South Washington Street. It offers reduced rent and cable TV costs with all utilities included. The Courtright Cottages on Courtright Street offers two-bedroom, two-bath apartments for rent to seniors 62 and over. This is Wilkes-Barre's newest neighborhood. All units are carpeted and offer free parking in a one-car garage. Find out more about this equal opportunity housing today. Downtown Living at 823-0127. 823-0127. Men, if you're like me... You appreciate the feeling of a clean, smooth shave from a quality blade. The sort of shave that cuts clean without the burn. So why are you messing around with generic razors that cost 32 bucks for an 8-pack when you can shave with Harry's high-quality German-engineered blades for half the price? And if saving money and a clean shave isn't incentive enough, Harry's will give you their starter set, complete with a razor, three of their world-famous blades and shaving cream, for just 15 bucks. And shipping is always free. We'll also give you five bucks off your first order. Our way of saying thank you for trying us. How are we able to save you all this money and still give you the best shave you'll ever enjoy? By owning the factory that manufactures them. That's how. So go to harrys.com right now and enter code 8800 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 8800. I'll take the bunch home. <laughs> All right, we're trying to pick out what we're doing here. Yeah. <laughs> there's Some so much good words. beer, we have no idea what's yeah, going there, on. Right it's now. just kind of, we're trying to figure out what order to do these in because there's just so much and it's just so good. And my opener, there we go. Okay, that one open. But uh, no, that was great. And like, and Michael, like when we said, like yesterday we went out there, we had so Michael much fun. Kang. And just. <laughs> Billy's busting <laughs> at the seams. Billy's just going. Really he just can't wait to get that out. <laughs> but uh, no, we had uh, such a good time when we were out there yesterday. And 
it's awesome to see too. Like when you go out and definitely go out there and visit. Um, let me pull this up now because I pull this up during the interview, but I didn't get a chance to really t- touch on it. To go and visit them, they're only open. Was it Friday, Saturday, Sunday? Uh, Friday 5 to 8, Saturday 12 to 7, and Sunday 12 to 5. It's you, worth the trip. Yeah, Use your GPS. Absolutely. There's no signs. You yeah, know where you're yeah, going. Very nondescript building. Yeah, trust your GPS. Yeah, don't, don't $14 later. Yeah, we made a $14 <laughs> mistake yesterday. Um, but no, it definitely trust your GPS as you're going there. It'll get you right there. When you get there, you might kind of think you're in an office building. You're there. And just get in there and then just try all these things. And believe me. It's a little over two hours of a trip right from here. Like from our local area, our listening area, you're ranging from an hour to two hours of a drive to get there. And uh, absolutely stop down there. They are just absolutely killing it. And if you're listening to this and you definitely love craft beer, and this is one of the best breweries we have going on the East Coast. The vibe in general, and me and Billy were talking about this kind of ad nauseum yesterday. It's like, it's it, not to be cryptic, but when you go there, it felt comfortable. And it wasn't so much that we we're there because we we're hanging out with Michael, whatever, yeah. just the way the brewery is run, the way the tap room is laid out, how everything's done. It just feels right. It, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. not to be, again, it, philosophical. No, it, it, it could be, it could be like having these beers, looking at the, the labeling, it's so beautiful, high end, kind of modern cut with everything. You would almost expect this uh, pretentious, you know, Know, high-end, you know, New York City, Brooklyn type vibe. Yeah. With yeah. Bata- no. Nothing like that. No at all. pomp. No. So laid back, and everyone there just relax, and and there's so much there. And when you get to go, like I you're, just you're hope right there in the brewhouse. Ruin it for themselves. What do you mean? Well, I just like the tasting room is is so cool. Like you're literally oh, yeah. in the brewery, yeah. and like you could like lean on a barrel, like an aging <laughs> yeah. barrel, and people and are like, oh, drinks, what is yeah. this hole like? Oh, I'm gonna take this. Like, I'm gonna take this bong because I want a souvenir. Like, I just, I just hope people like just, just be respectful. It, yeah. Be, yeah. You know, there, there's so just, much there, and, and you will love it. And you can try all these beers and more. They have so much there to get. And as they keep going with the packaging and stuff, and you'll see too if you if you jump in and follow them on on uh, Facebook or any social media, which I definitely recommend you do. Um, you'll see the releases and everything that goes on. And they have if, if you are not just now hearing of this brewery, um, you will see the loyal following that they have uh, when they make these this announcements. So. Y- y- there's yeah. a ton of people there ready and waiting to go. And like we had Treehouse on a, uh, like a month ago, two months. I don't yeah. even remember now. And we you heard everything that, that Dean was talking about that goes on at Treehouse. It's very similar to Kane as they do these bottle releases because they have this loyal following with some of these beers that just people go nuts for and that, for right reasons. And that's the thing. Treehouse is fantastic, but in order to, to get Treehouse, you you have to go up there, and that's quite a haul. Yeah. You can actually get Kane about 45 minutes from here. If, yeah. Once you get into Jersey, whether it's yeah. Phillipsburg, Freebridge Wine Spirits, there's a couple other places that actually have them on draft a lot of times. They'll get their bottle releases in there, so it's not something that they're like, oh, I'm never going to try this beer. You can, you don't have to go all the way to Ocean. You should go to Ocean, Jersey, and check them out, but if not, you pop into Jersey and pick them up. Yeah, they're they're around in Jersey easily, and you could find if you go on their website too, you can find where they have things at. They actually have that there for you to click and find their beers and see what areas uh, are serving and what they have and things like that, which is great. And right now we have on our glass Fall Saints, which is their uh, you know seasonal fall beer, obviously by the name. Uh, but it's nice; it's, it's a butternut squash. But it's got these really nice spice notes in it. it. This is like rivals any pumpkin beer that that you out that you love. It's not overly spicy. It has the right touches of it and everything. And that's what it, you know is key with any of those types of beers, as we've said, uh, is you don't want to be overly spiced. And this just has this really nice balance, this really wonderful mouthfeel. Like that's a real seller on this one. Yeah, it's definitely for. It's definitely not a pumpkin beer, and that's the thing. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a it's a good beer that happens to have like. 
Thanksgiving spices it's involved. Squash and spices yes. in it. Yeah. yeah I'm not going to go on about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's delicious. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, really. I see a tear forming in Billy's eye. <laughs> well, it, if you're going to do it right, if you're going to do a pumpkin beer, do it right. Yeah. Do it right. Yeah. Billy, Billy is not a pumpkin beer fan, as he said but it here before. And, but yeah, it, it, it has. Because it has maple syrup in it, probably. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to, to say that it's, it, it's in line with what many consider a pumpkin beer, but pumpkin beer, as we've said, is more a spiced beer. Like that's what it is. Mm-hmm. That's really what this is in line with, with those spices that you have in the fall for, uh, f- uh, fall season. And it's just like a really enjoyable, it's 9.2 too, which it does not drink like that at all. So be careful if you're going to pick up a bottle of this one. And this is actually one too. If you're going to go down to the brewery, you can pick up a bottle of this right now. And I highly recommend you do. And like, it's like 12 bucks or something. That's it. And, it's, and they're, and they're seven fifty. It's just like a really great, like this is one of the perfect beers. If you're going to sit around, especially with Thanksgiving coming up, if you crack this open and the family's there, you might actually get along with them. <laughs> well, don't go that far. I mean, you know, come on now. Well, unless you're enjoying it in New Jersey with the New Jersey family, then you might not really. Have you ever been to a Thanksgiving in New Jersey? Like, you this, have. Do you think this could make like, Snookies like Thanksgiving dinner. (laughs) Wow, we're going back to that. Well, I'm just saying, like, I mean, that's kind of what I associate with New Jersey anyway. Oh, I'm sorry, Matt. Oh man, you just you just broke his soul. Listen, I'm just saying this this could make Snooky. It's all about cranberries and. And cranberries. Man. Yeah, just cranberries. <laughs> cranberries and Italians. That's what we're all oh, about. Oh, sweet corn. Sweet uh, corn. Yeah, don't hate. Don't hate on the Jersey sweet corn, baby. So we are uh, getting into. We have two more left to get through. Now, this the next oh one we're God. doing. This is one that. Uh, people went crazy for, as I said, with the bottle releases. If you're following them on social media, you will see the, the passion that people have for it. And when they released this one, this was when we were doing the interview. We talked like they made the announcement that day that it was being released. Yes. And yeah. there was just a storm of people that rushed out to get this. And if you were lucky enough to try this or, or know someone, maybe that has it and they haven't opened a bottle yet, become their very good friend <laughs> and just hang out with them as much as you can until they open it. <laughs> but this is their Sunday brunch. Now, this is a, an Imperial Porter, and it's just everything you could possibly want blended together in a dark beer. Because I mean, that, that's that's the key. It's like, you know, when you have the, these porters and stouts bases and people like to experiment with them, there's certain flavors that may not play well with others that, you know, just sound like they all go well together. But this has all those things. You have coffee. You have this maple syrup. You have a little bit of cinnamon. You have these, like, wonderful spicy notes, but it's just super creamy, easy drinking. Is it 9.2? I believe that's what I have in front of me. I believe it's 9.2. You have the bottle. Oh, jeez. That would be George's job. Yeah, I know. That's yeah, 9.2. You okay. are correct, yeah. sir. <laughs> <laughs> I got Vanna White over there, right? <laughs> it's it's Hardly. <laughs> it's it's such a great beer. It's it, this the amount of f- the flavor that they're, that's there with the coffee and the maple syrup and, mm-hmm. and the cinnamon, and the spices, the whole nine are impactful, but they're they're not like over the top. Yeah. And it's just it, this is. I mean, it, as it says, like Sunday brunch, like sitting like right now. This is Sunday brunch technically yeah. for us. Uh, this is absolutely perfect for this time. Just that that wonderful coffee and maple syrup coming through. Like the, it's just. You kind of want to, this is one of those ones you kind of want to have. Maybe when you're done, you know, crack out and have a nice little cigarette because you just kind of feel like that. No. <laughs> you're just like, oh. 
Well, I'm, I'll, I'd have a cigarette because it's an after thing, you know. I don't. That's what sing. I was getting at. Yeah, 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 not uh, you know, not what I don't know what George was thinking, but I was getting at something else. No, uh, the but coffee no. in this is fantastic. Yeah, that's it's, it's just this is just perfectly and just those wonderful. Like that's what's nice with maple syrup is sometimes people go a little heavy-handed with it because it says you know we said that on here before when uh, some brewers take that well I'm putting this on here it should be in there and like really present and that can kind of ruin a beer. You want it to Never. you want it to be there. <laughs> well, yeah, maple syrup I understand, but you you want it to be there, but you want it to play well with the other flavors. You don't want it to dominate and then all of a sudden that's all you're tasting because then you wash out everything else. And, and coffee and beer, I, I I will always try that. I will always try that. It's such a great mixture but it, sometimes like brewers go a little bit... Mm. Yeah, and if they do it wrong or they... If you bring too much bitterness there, it just kind of turns me sure. off. So when you do it like this, whether they have some kind of method that works or it's just cold pressed and then you add the added bit of uh, lactose that kind of gives you that like almost like coffee as opposed to just black coffee like a little bit it, of sweetness it there. reminds me if, you, if you're a fan of terrapin wake and bake or, or french toasted wake and bake that they did last year it has those flavor profiles to it it's just this really wonderful imperial i mean it, it's a porter base is what they have as an imperial porter but we've talked before it, that that line is so fine it reminds me of like the reese's peanut butter cup commercial with marvin gay like let's get it on <laughs> billy what are you <laughs> taking your pants off for <laughs> uh, and i'm sure he had a cigarette after making that song oh that's that's kind of where uh, i was i knew that's where you guys are going i'm like think about that commercial that's, that's what the it's thing like. is yeah. a porter it's yeah. not like a lot of times people like imperial porter it's just a stout they're just calling it some kind of yeah. imperial no this it's is a Still has, it that, has port, that yeah. creamy, fluffy mouth. It doesn't. Yeah, it's not as heavy as a stout. Like it, it does. It's just when you get into that imperial porter, it, it, it. Some of them kind of that line gets blurred to some breweries. It's just kind of like, oh, we'll just beef it up, and it's like, well, you got to pay attention if you're still going to call it that. Then you should kind of play in that sandbox, and that this definitely does, which is is a benefit to the beer. Listen, just dip a chocolate covered espresso bean in some maple syrup and sprinkle it with some cinnamon. Throw it. That's down. yeah. That's that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it, and it's not overly sweet either. That's what's great is like you have that sweetness, but everything in this beer is kept so perfectly in check that you get all these flavors. Nothing dominates. Nothing overpowers the other ones. They all are just perfectly melting into one another. It's all complimenting. We're saying it doesn't suck, by the way. Yeah, I was just about to say. Uh, yeah. As with every single <laughs> beer. Matt over here. Every beer we've had today and every beer we had yesterday that can all fall into that category. And, and, I mean, and we didn't even have those IPAs. I mean, we yeah. we well, didn't even go into those monster IPAs. Well, that's the thing, though. We went we went to an Izaka-based, um, <sighs> hopped-up American pale, I guess you would say. We went to a Brett-based beer. Yeah. Then we went into a Solero Method quad. Yeah. Then we went into <laughs> a butternut squash maple syrup beer. And then we went to a Imperial coffee. Porter, yeah. yeah, Imperial Porter with coffee and cinnamon. And now we're going into An Imperial Stout. Imperial Stout with vanilla and and I think there's a, I think there might be um methamphetamines in this one or something. Oh my god. That's a joke. <laughs> now then, I'm this just saying, is, <laughs> there has to be something extra. Th- this is our final beer for the for the show, unfortunately, which I wish we could just have. This this is one of those shows I wish could last four hours and we just keep having new ones brought in. Um but th- this is a beer that really has a huge following for them. Uh, one gold at GABF 2013, I believe. 
14? Was yeah. it 14? Okay. Well, that's um, the bottle we're having. It, it, this is a night to end all dawns. Now, they have not released this year's yet, um, but they are in the process. If we you saw in, the barrels. Yeah, if you were at the, if you go to the brew house now, you can see all the barrels there and you can see what's, you know, mark hit, marked for everything. And uh, this is last year's version. Now, this is the one that they add. They have different variants on it and the wax sealing on them will de- uh, determine and tell you what's what flavor varieties in there. So what we have is a night to end all dawns with Madagascar bourbon vanilla beans. So now the, the vanilla has dropped out a little bit because, you know, you got a year aged on this one, but still there. It's got this like really, oh, it's just, yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of one of those beers that's almost hard to describe because it's so good. I almost, <laughs> I almost want us all to not talk for the next four minutes and just drink yeah. into, the, into just the microphone. A moment of silence. <laughs> for the, this is when, and, and you will see, and if you, from the show, if you jump on there and you follow social media, just watch for the day that they announce this is being released yes. and just see how quickly people, you know, crap their pants. <laughs> and I'm not one for waiting in line. I'm not one for bottle release yeah. and stuff like that. I'm old and I'm curmudgeon and whatever. <laughs> but like this is this is this is a night before. Well, you don't want to get a, a you get there the night before kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, this is definitely and it's worth it. It is worth it. Um, th- there's a lot of hype behind a lot of beers, and we've talked about a lot of them on here before. And sometimes the hype ruins the beer because because you know when you have everyone around you telling you that this is the best beer you'll ever have. It, very few things can ever live up to that because it also depends on how fresh it is and you know what's going on behind it and because most of the time it's IPAs so it really depends there's a lot of variables in that having something like this is great because as long as you get your hands on it it's going to be really good and that's the crazy part about the whole thing is that it's you know it's hard enough to make a really great imperial stout it's yeah. really hard to make a really great imperial stout that'll work in a barrel then you start throwing things at it like vanilla and doing all that, and let's not forget, they made this when they were only two years old. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Because it came out when they're three years old, I believe. So it, yeah, the bottle that, we have is from 2014 that we're having right now. So that's this is which means, but when they made it, they were only a year and a half, two years old. By the yeah, time they made it, they put, put it in a barrel, barrel yeah. and did the whole nine, yeah. you know, and this is what they crazy. Get, yeah. And uh, then they've just completely nailed it, and it's great because it's like they they love to experiment, but it's this almost different approach to experimentation. It's kind of I, don't, I, I want to use the word, but at the same time, I don't want it to sound pretentious. But it's like this high end approach to it, but mm-hmm. not in a snooty way. I don't want it. it well, if it's you look still, at the labels and everything they've yeah. done, the way they've kind of presented their brand. It's it's just beautiful. Michael yeah. Kine. Oh, man, you love it so much. <laughs> I wish I could say more. Like, I wish I Michael had, like, Kine. Michael Kine. Um, yeah, the, um, it's, it's, it, and I think a lot of the reason why it comes off that well is because they do have a super big Belgian-based uh, base, I guess you would say. It's not a, a lot of things brewers are doing. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, people are getting more yeast-driven, stuff like that, but it's been hops for so long. For him to come in through that kind of Belgian door, I think, speaks a lot to a lot of these beers. Yeah, and then they've, I mean, if you have not picked up on it enough from us today, this is one of the best breweries that you are going to have. Uh, it's definitely worth a drive out there. It's a beautiful area just to kind of sit and relax, have some beers there. And, you know, if, you, if you're not in to you know, hunting down the whales and going and waiting in line, it's still a great brewery to go to. They always have good beer on draft, no matter what. Like, yeah, maybe you're not going to go after and get the night to end all dawns because it's, it's gonna. That's the other thing we'll say. It's gonna sell out. So I mean, yeah. if, if if this has piqued your interest and you want to get there, follow them on social media and figure out what's going on because they they do different variants. Like last year, they had a coffee, the vanilla bean, and cocoa, and they also had just the, you know the regular base and. 
they're gone very quickly. That that's just they're, they're yeah. sought after. And we were talking about yesterday the difference between breweries. There's there, there's great breweries. There's really awesome breweries. And there's there's mic drop brewery. This is a mic drop brewery. Yeah. They're just like yeah. Nah, boom. Yeah. Nah, the, there's to, our stuff. You to know? sum this up, since we're getting at the end of it. Uh, Go visit Cane Brewing. <laughs> uh, follow them on social media. You can find their website, just canebrewing.com. It's K-A-N-E, not Kane that Michael uh, Michael Kane this that Billy's Michael been pushing. <laughs> Michael uh, Just get out there. Find that brewery. Easy trip to get out there. Next week, we have on the show Funky Buddha. Yeah, really buddy. awesome Woo. Florida brewery. So we're going to keep killing it here. Uh, we'll, we'll see you next week. Cheers. Here in the Beer Geeks, W-I-L-K.